Flashbacks. Five good minutes in the clubhouse. And welcome to Game On's Five Good Minutes in the Clubhouse today. Uh, John Wynn from the uh, Nord Football Club, uh, previously from the West Perth uh, Club as well. Um, WA Hall of Famer, South Australian Hall of Famer, West Perth Premiership player, and of course coming over here to the mighty Redlegs uh, Premiership player in 75 as captain and 78 and 82 as an assistant coach, Malcolm. Yeah, welcome, Winnie. How are you? How are you, well, great thanks, man? Malcolm. All good? Yes, Jonathan Francis win. Uh, now, yeah. Winnie, we want let's start with uh, with Western Australia and a man who's had a uh, huge influence on on uh, you and not only your footy, your life. Because I actually want to expand a, a little bit on this as well. Let's go with Polly Farmer to start with. Uh, two eight. Yep. Expand. Um, yep. Well, expand. Well, Paul uh, was playing football in fifty six, fifty seven. And I would have been about nine or ten at the time, and it was uh, he was just a, um, a fabulous athlete at the time, uh, legend in West Australian football, and it was God bless Mummy and Daddy and God bless Polly, and uh, he was just held in such high esteem, and when he went to Geelong, uh, half of Perth finished up becoming Geelong supporters, and I guess a lot of people still are today because of because uh, when he went there. And it was um, was it was a great uh, great experience after uh, playing a couple of years of senior football. And he turned out to be our our coach. So it's um, look a lot of that stuff still goes on today. I think where the guys who are ahead of you, who you uh, who you admire and your who are your idols as a kid growing up, and uh, there's been a few fortunate kids around that have managed to play with them. And uh, I was I was one of them. And uh, it's just just like his. His impact on on club on, on the club, uh, such a, a man with humility. Uh, he was never really he's never a self promoter. I said to him one day, Paul, you never talk about yourself. He said, I leave it up to others. So uh, it was just um, just a, a very humble, beautiful man. And John, you've maintained a relationship with Polly right through to the end of Polly's life. And Polly suffered from Alzheimer's. Um, go. Look, my mum's just passed away from it. My mum had no idea who anyone was for about the last three to five years, and it was just terrific. But, yeah, share your experiences with that side of things with Polly, mate. Oh, when I came back to uh, Western Australia um, after living in Adelaide for some 14 years, um, I just picked up with, with all my old teammates and and and, and Marl and the kids. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, so when I went to South Australia, um, the kids were all young. They were all in their uh, you know, nine and ten. And when I come back, they're all they're all teenagers. They're all growing up. And we just finished up. Uh, you know, both our families got together, go out. It's just uh, just a great. Had a great philosophy on life, um, and had a great sense of humour. Wonderful sense of humour. I'd get in the car every morning. We'd pick him up, and he'd say, "Have you said sorry this morning, John?" Because that was what uh, John Howard was. He's just his, uh, his his outlook. You know, he is with the Aboriginals. He said they've been here for twenty thousand years. You just can't expect them to change in two hundred. 
and it was just uh, his his way of life, his his actual thinking. He thought differently for a for, for a fellow that was brought up in a in a in an orphanage. Um, the things that he that, that he got up to and the way he thought. Um, first time I ever went to the race, because I went with him, and he bought two programs. He put one in his hip pocket, one in his uh, jacket, and he would had a couple of bets. And the bookmaker said to him, "How are you going today, Paul?" He said, "I'm going no good." Well, I'm sitting, I'm standing there listening to this. Hey, give us your program. He gave me his program and he marked it off. Went along a bit further than one of the leading trainers. How are you going, Paul? I'm going no good. And he gave him the other program. We went and sat in the stand and he compared the trainer's program with the bookmaker's programs. I said, why did you tell him you're going no good when you already had a collect? He said, they try harder to find you a winner if they think you're losing. <laughs> so, so where did, you know, like he came up with this philosophy where he was self-taught, self-educated in a whole range of things in life. It was, um, it was a great experience uh, being with him. Um, we are on the Goliath tour in, in, um, in Ireland, and we are on a double-decker bus, and we pulled up the bus stop, and it's got betting. He's out we get. We go up to this little betting shop, grabs the form guide, and picks seven winners. <laughs> uh, it was just, just, just uncanny. He, uh, he bred horses. He had a, one of the, one of the, had a large... Um, uh, on on stallions and studs, the whole bit, whole bit where he had all the all the magazines and the books, kept just it was it was a great interest for him. And, and his his betting was it was he was criticised for it, but what he was it was a small gambler, in in a sense that he'd pick novelties. He would go for the quartets and the trifectas, yep. and uh, he got some amazing results with his with his analytical brain. He just great analyzer. He was telling us things in the 60s that they still don't do today. You always said uh, he was, was well ahead of his time. It was, it, yeah, he was. Like, don't kick the ball at him. Kick it out in front of him. Let him run onto it. Well, that's kicking the ball to advantage. Yeah. You know, throw the ball out in front. Let him run onto it. Well, that that is not taught today. All they say is you kick it. They don't say kick it to advantage or handball to advantage. It's just, it just he was, as, as you said, he was ahead of his time. And then I said you... to him one day there uh, about the handball. I said, why did you come up with the handball? He said, I could win the ball. He said, but if I could give it to somebody who was five or ten yards out and they could advance down the ground, that would be, a, instead of my kick, it would be a kick and a half. Yep. And he I said, then that. I could get set when the ball came back, if it came back. You know, so just his whole philosophy. Um, I don't believe the Victoria saw the best of him. He played his best football here, and that's according. That's going by a couple of his teammates at the time. That when he went to Melbourne, he had to reinvent himself because of his uh, his his knee. He had a, he did a cartilage in, and in those days you didn't come back from cartilages. And at, at a function, uh, Bob Davis, the Geelong coach, said he was the first player to come back and recover from a a cartilage operation. Okay. So there's just a whole range of things that. Uh, very unique when we were, uh, we were playing in the carnival in Adelaide and uh, it's written up in the advertiser that morning, uh, Farmer versus Nichols. And I said, what will happen today, Paul? He said, John will hit me, I'll hit him and then we'll play footy. <laughs> so it was just, yeah. And he went on to win the Simpson, Simpson medal in that game. So it was just, uh, yeah, a wonderful experience as a kid growing up, idolising this man, 
and then spending you know the, the later years of his life um, with him. Yeah, no, it's just just great. Yeah, look, we're pretty emotional on that topic as well, uh, too, eh? Uh, your decision then to come to the parade, thank goodness. Um, you know, Carmel Court, where you, the College of Knowledge, where you were the head prefect. You know, you think of the people who boarded there: Michael Taylor, Phil Carmen, you know, the late Jim Till and Glenn Rosser, Greg Turbel, Neil Craig, Danny Jenkins, Neil Button, Ian Stasnowski. We go on and on. You know, like that'd be a fair AFL side, let alone you know, and that Nord was sort of ahead of its time in that regard. Wow. There too. Two and and Wally and Jim Balderstone side of things, uh, there uh, too, eh? Yeah, look, I, I think that uh, that set the stage for the future coming out of the uh, out of the sixties into the seventies. And what I mean by the future is that all those guys were all so humble, and the humility that exists amongst them, um, and that's the big thing about Norwood. Wally Miller was never a self promoter. And all the, all the Norwood presidents, and to this day, they're not self-promoters. They're sharing, caring people concerned about the people behind the, behind the scenes, like our trainers and our administration people, our volunteers. The Norwood Football Club is, is an amazing um, institution, I believe. And if you look at our three, our three champions, as in our greatest player ever, Gary McIntosh, um, Michael Taylor and, and uh, Michael Ace. They, they, they've never been self-promoters, and they've promoted this humility. And it's just been uh, what it's done. It's attracted people not only from the for administration, but also our sponsors and people that have been around for years and have never got much praise about it about being sponsors and, and just the silent givers, like the Cradle family. Yep. Um, and, and the Cooper family have been involved for a century. It's 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 an amazing institution, and I was very fortunate to uh, to uh, stumble onto it and, and make that call to go to Nord. Um, it came about because uh, Damien Nygaard came to West Perth in uh, in sixty at the halfway through sixty nine, and I thought. My, here's my way out of here because I wanted to go to Victoria. And at the time, they had the, the thing called the Coulter Law. Coulter Law, yeah. And it was, you, uh, they kept uh, Sid Jackson and a couple of players out of football in Victoria for two years. And I thought, what I'll do is if I go to South Australia, I can go into the back door to the VFL. So I organised to uh, come over there. Bert Balderstein came over, met with him and Ron Kneebone, and then went over... Uh, at the end of 69, after the season finished here, um, and there was uh, there was a player swap involved. Uh, Graham Malloy went to from Norwood to Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne cleared a guy by the name of Steve Arnott to West Perth, and who was still involved at West Perth today. And not, Norwood cleared Nygaard to West Perth, and West Perth in turn cleared me to Norwood. And, and Norwood uh, would not have won that one too, eh? Well, I, I don't know about that, but anyway, it was uh, it was just a great experience to uh, to um, be involved in those early years, particularly at Carmel Court, um, where uh, it was just, that was a, that was an amazing experience. That's that was the club with inside the club, and inside that club developed the team within the team on the ground. 
I remember uh, Bob Hammond there one day, he uh, he threatened uh, Glenn Rosser. If you don't get a kick today, Glenn, you're out of the team. And uh, we've got halfway down the race. And I stopped the boys and I said, fellas, all you Carmel Court guys today, we give the ball to duck. So at half time we've gone in and Hamo said, you're right, you bastards, you got me. Duck had 25 kicks. <laughs> wow. So it was just, uh, so you just, we, yeah, it was just a great, you'd, you'd go out of a night, different places around the town and you'd see one another and everybody looked after one another. It was just a great, great feeling. And I, I think that, 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 uh, that went right through the, right through the club and the environment. And I, I think a lot of guys have sort of tuned into it, um, yeah, Norwood's a very, uh, very compassionate. It's not a ruthless club. It's a very, very compassionate. Maybe uh, we could have won more premierships, but I think assess what the guys have gone on to do with their lives after after Norwood. I think there's been a lot of successful guys have come out of that environment, and uh, I, I just, uh, I just think back how fortunate I've been. I always love that you see the full picture too, Winnie. Um, Pardon. I always love that you see the full picture, and not. People just think of exactly as you're saying. A lot of clubs just judge people just judge any club by a number of premierships and not and don't see the whole picture. Well, it's, they're they're all trying to win a premiership. They're all going to do it next year. But you need to lay the foundations, and you need you need to recruit just as good as people off the ground as you are on the ground. You need to have standards, and I, I think uh, I think it's a credit to uh, to Jay, the, the current coach. From what I understand and what I've been told, he's managed to tap into uh, the culture and, and cultivate the, the, uh, some of the players of past uh, to, to be involved, which is which is good for them, uh, good for the club, and I, I think that uh, that extends the uh, the, the tuition. I, I think there's a, there's a gap between people from the, the 60s and the 70s of how do you communicate with them today? They're not on they're not on Twitter, they're not on Facebook. But uh, I, I think you can do it on one to one, where where the coach can tap into some of the past players of involvement who've got the right sort of who understand the culture, who can help tutor the younger fellows coming through to the club. I think I think the sandful and the waffle it's a stepping stone to uh, to the AFL, but there's a lot. I I think they take the kids too early, yes. and I I I prefer. Them I reckon you've got a better chance if you go later in later in life, not 18 and 19. And I, I think there's uh, they cast too much to the wind. They say that they're going to look after these kids, but uh, I, I don't believe it's better. Like Keith Thomas, Keith Thomas was a very skillful player. who's drafted by Hawthorne, and he went over there. Hawthorne or Fitzroy, one it's, of the two clubs. Fitzroy, Fitzroy, Fitzroy. And I think his coach at the time was uh, it was a well known Walls and Park and yeah. Yep. Park and Park and when when Keith came back, his skills they they were off by fifty percent. And it was it was all more they don't they never placed the emphasis on, on, on the skills like we did in the environment that we created at Norwood. All the Victorian players, they're all great marks. They're a better marks than what we were, but they're kicking and their, their skill wasn't as good. I, I just think that there's been more development of the game uh, in, out of South Australia because you've had the, 
you know, the three three leading coaches who were there for 20 and 30 years between Foss Williams, uh, Jack Odie and Neil Curley. And they all, they all had their own different philosophy. And I think when you look at Mark Williams, what Mark Williams has gone on to do with his uh, football career uh, in coaching, and when Mark played, and to where he is now and how he understands the game uh, and the environment that he was out of, I, I think he's modified a lot of his thinking towards the game, which is, which is great because he's evolved, which is sometimes you get typecast in an environment and it's hard yeah. to break the mould, but I, I believe he has. Speaking of uh, skills, mate, your first coach was uh, Robert Odie. Um, you know, certainly uh, at, Norwood, yeah. at Norwood, yeah. At Norwood. And um, you know, how uh, how was that experience? Uh, Robert um, Robert was a, a good football skills coach. Um, Robert went to school, teachers' college, and back to school. He never never mixed commercially. In the, in the world of uh, commerce and had an understanding of that and the people that were involved in it. Um, he, he tended to prejudge people and uh, he, he pre, prejudged me on occasions, but uh, you can't catch me because I don't drink and I don't smoke and I never have. So uh, it was um, it was an unusual, unusual relationship. Um, that's why in the end, after the end of 73, um, I... I I made my my commitment was to go to Norwood for two years or not at all. And after I completed that commitment of three years, uh, Paul was coaching Geelong at the time. And I rang Paul and said, "Look, uh, I wouldn't mind coming over." And uh, that's that's uh, so. Uh, I set set the deal was set. I was going to go. And then uh, what, what, then they uh, they finished up sacking Robert Odie, and uh, I decided to stay. And the rest is history in that regard yeah. too. To it, um, let's yep. go, let's let's go for a bit of fun. How much? Uh, and it's funny where you said, "Yeah, non-drinker." And I reckon there'd be that many people around who thought thought at the time they'd be th- around Winnie and think, "Geez, Winnie smashed." And no, he was just Winnie was just the king, and you just played people on a break. Um, Sam's disco uh, to eight. Your involvement there. Yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to take over the management of that from Ron Tremaine. Ron Tremaine was an entrepreneurial, he was involved in the uh, Festival of Arts, I believe, and he was appointed uh, manager of the uh, Lion Hotel in the early 70s, and uh, it was, uh, he was involved in the building program, and he was, he was busy, so he stepped down from running it, and um, I was fortunate enough they, uh, they appointed me to run it, and I ran it on the same basis that, uh, that, I, that, that I liked, places that I liked to go to in Perth, so... All the places in Perth that uh, had played top band 40 commercial music, they drew the crowds, and that's what we put in. We just put put in uh, the top commercial bands. 5AD at the time were on top playing commercial music. That's what we played. Uh, we had Bob Francis as, as our uh, as our that's DJ, right. and um, we ran it to a standard. Uh, no swearing, wear a tie, behave yourself, or you get thrown out. Yes, and so, we all remember going uh, up the to, back stairs through the kitchen. At Winnie, that was always good fun. Yeah, well, we had a, our crowd controlling engineers were uh, uh, Neil Button, yes. uh, Phil Carmen, um, Jim Hugo Colasanti, uh, Michael Ace. Uh, we had a fire attendant. We had a fire attendant. That was Neil Craig. Right, yeah. So we had all the young guys uh, who were putting themselves through school and who needed the extra extra buckaroos. So it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, and it was good to have them around and in, involved 
it was uh, the place to be on a Saturday night for the uh, for the younger kids. If only we could invent a time machine, mate. I'd love to have gone. Oh, Would have been amazing. Memories. So, uh, yeah. So look, seventy eight, and people go on and try and make out there was so much in the whole Jack Odie thing. It was as usual. You were just the king of bluff. You'd you'd thought of it pre- before the game. That there was a chance, yep. and really, yep. not much happened. No, nothing, nothing, nothing happened. It was. It's like most people can't tell the difference between your ass or your elbow. So it's um, you know people just uh, anyway they people read into what they want to believe. It doesn't matter. There was no there was no punches thrown from my on my behalf. It was just uh, I didn't have to. And I it was all it. just uh, good day, boys. How are you? And that that was enough to uh, upset a few people. So that's that's fair enough. Sandy Roberts, but, the next uh, Sandy Roberts, the next day on the on the footy show, and John, I've got to ask you about the incident in the coach's box, and can you remember your reply to it? Oh yes, 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 it was appropriate at the time. You never miss an opportunity to jump into a box. <laughs> yes, as always, you nailed it, and you know then your involvement uh, with. Uh, Fantastic partnership with Barmy, in uh, especially in '82. Oh, Neil, Neil was Neil's a man's man, he's, and, and a gentleman as well. And uh, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. Um, I caught up with him a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's back to playing weight. It's amazing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware that um, he, when I played here. He was a 16 or 17 year old kid playing a few games for Subi, and uh, he actually rucked. He mentioned that he, he rucked against Polly one day. His first game, when he, when he, his league debut. When he, when he's a 16 or 17 year old kid, and uh, I, I didn't, I, was, I knew he played for Subi, but I didn't know it was in that particular game. But um, yeah, look, it's great. Uh, what happens is as you're coming through the system, everybody is involved in doing what they're doing. And years later, you don't realise just how good was this bloke? How good was he? Like, like Greg Nicholson, Nico would come to training and he'd go home, and we'd have to drag. It'd be like pulling teeth to get him to go to a function. Anyway, years later, after all the footy's over, we catch up, and you just think, how good is this bloke? And you start to look around, and you think, look at our uh, our, our history history group, led by Michael Colligan. Um, Roger Woodcock and uh, and Shorey and the guys who are, who are Win- cultivating yeah Winton and Graham Adams yep all that, so many people that are involved behind the scenes and and they're just beautiful quality people um, it's like some of the trainers when we have a function Mel Phillips and his crew so they're still around and that's uh, that's the great part about it couple of practical jokes uh, you. You know, I've never, I've always loved one, in particular, one night in the in, you know in the Redlegs Club, and you've seen Ashley Porter in the corner, and you've uh, you let the word around to people, and uh, you've slammed, you know, thrown something on the floor, and you've gone, oh, I've had a gutsful bloody bears, bears, you know, pissing off to Port Adelaide. And you stormed out, walked out the door, and you just walked around the corner, came back in the other room, in the blue room. And there was Ashley Porter walked out about five minutes later, back page of the news on the Monday. Button Button wants to, the bear wants to go to the port, sure enough, for attraction the next day. But I'll give Ashley Porter his due. He took that pretty well. 
Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's a great rapport between some of the blokes. Like, uh, over the years we've had, uh, like, uh, Rochi. Um, there was him. Um, and a lot of the guys from the, from the West were, were uh, Shieldsy, Alan Chef, Shields. Yep. So they're all, you know, blast from the past. You know, most of the people Mike that Howard. saw us play in the, in, in the 70s now have all passed on. You don't realise it's... Uh, it's, it's uh, 50 years ago. And, uh, yeah, it is. 45, what? 50 years ago. Now, Pete. So, we Pete, had our day in the sun, so that's fine. Pete, uh, so there's one day, Winnie's uh, gone right. Can you remember what you called us, uh, two, two, eight? Can you remember what you called myself, Jeff yeah. Wilson and Peter and, uh, and Walshy, Bob Walsh? Yeah, you're, you're the elves. <laughs> and Winnie's gone, I'm going to shout you guys lunch, and there used to be the John Winstand, the little bit on the side, and yep. that, and and over comes Dave Parsons, the kid barman at the time, and he's got this, this silver, you know, plate, and it's all enclosed over the top. And we're thinking, geez, he's got the cloche on. I'd love it. to know what Winnie's, yeah, Winnie yep. shouted us here. Yeah, he lifts it up, three packets of chicken chips, <laughs> three cans of coke, <laughs> and it was just it was vintage, it was vintage two eight. You don't want to, you don't want to spoil them. <laughs> Not too much, anyway. Now, back on one serious one, Wally Miller. Ah, uh, well, there's, there's, there's not much you can't say about him. Um, yeah, just a, a beautiful man. He's, uh, when you look at, uh, when you think you're going rough, you've only got to think about, about Wall, and you go through some of his issues that he's had in his life, and, uh, and, and there he is. He's, um, He's still as still as sharp as uh, I call. I, I ring well every Thursday, um, and we just talk talk shit. And it's just a great great rapport. Wonderful man. Um, there's nothing the boys wouldn't do for him. I believe he kept the lid on the whole shooting match, um, and he was just just such a great navigator around issues that we had at the club at different times. Um, everybody, everybody kept their cool with him. He he kept. It was just just an unusual, unusual individual. Um, for him to evolve into what he was at, at, at the football club for that for that period of time, and and to still be active today in in, in what he in in his life. Um, it's an amazing, amazing story, an amazing individual that. Uh, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of him. And for people out there who don't really know Winnie and probably, uh, you know, hopefully getting to know a little bit more compassion as listening to this side of things, I compared John very much to Ian Chapel as a leader and that uh, Winnie is the he's the also the leader. Of, he always knows everything what's still going on at the parade. John still knows everything. The care and compassion he has for everyone. Someone falls... Falls down the crack, one of Winnie's favourite sayings, or there's a player set, whatever. Winnie's even from Perth. He's contacting us, hey, blah, 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 can you go <laughs> and do that? And yeah, now unique leadership in uh, Jonathan Francis. How did the two, how did you, it become that you've effectively not got known and you're one of the very few people known basically through your number, through 28? Was, was there any particular thing how that first started? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's maybe 
Well, there's a two eight pet parrot, and the parrot does. I don't know whether the parrot talks too much, but anyway. <laughs> Only you, Winnie. But anyway. Uh, Going just just going back, uh, mate, to your uh, your career. You know, you um, captain Norwood in uh, was it seventy five? Captain the premiership side. Yep. Yep. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, broke the twenty five year premiership drought. I mean, that's fantastic for the club. How did you feel? Uh, look, it's looking back on it now. It, it was just uh, it was it was a great experience. It's things you don't forget in life. Um, there were just so many people uh, who were emotionally involved on the day that you know, brought tears to their eyes, and it was just just a wonderful uh, it was just a wonderful effort of of all the things that people had put in place, you know, th- four or five years before that, how it all managed to come to fruition at the right time, and 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 just just having been there, uh, yeah, look, it's um, yeah, those things stay with you, and the people do too. Uh, and un- unfortunately, there's a number of them that have moved on in uh, in life now. But um, yeah, it was uh, just just an emotional time. And I, I think there's a, there's a bond between all those people that um, yeah, you, you you get together. You don't get together as much as you used to, like as in uh, the reunions and that. In the old days, the reunions would go on until two and three in the morning, and now now they're uh, they're home by five or six. But uh, they're all we're all getting a bit tired. But uh, it's yeah, there's a lot of it, it, you have to have been there, I think, at the time to 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 appreciate it. And the same as the young lads that have won the premiership this year. That's an, that was an amazing amazing effort. Oh, that, sensational! Uh, that, that and they they are so fortunate. They are so fortunate, those lads, that, um, that 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 they're at the right place at the right time, and uh, yeah, that will be with them for for the rest of their life. And they've got to, they've got to hand that that feeling on to the next generation coming through. And the same as the guys who were around when we won the three together, you know, those guys, you you, you finish your footy. You go off, you have your family, and you get involved. But you need to come back. You need to get the right people back to keep the culture going, and that's that's the important thing. That Norwood's got a great culture, got great successful people that they call back into the into the fold. And I believe Neville was there this year. Yes, I was going, uh, helping with I was the going to add Neville. Was, yeah, it was actually interesting yeah. where Ben Jarvis lining up for a goal in the last quarter, and look, he struggled a little bit at various times kicking for goal. And as he's lining up for goal, I mean, it's actually. Yeah. I'm wrapped this so far out because this is going to make him do what Neville had been trying to get him to do for three months was kick through it. And he, and he it. absolutely yeah. nailed it. Yeah. And I thought of Neville straight away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, it's, that's, uh, that's all part of the culture, part of the history of the Norwood Football Club. And it's just wonderful that it, uh, that it all fell into place at the right time. One quick one back you know, like, on a, as far as I'm concerned, the forgotten premiership almost. And because it, it wasn't a great game, and probably you, you can comment on it more than anything because of your knowledge of WA footy, was the 77 Art of Cup against uh, East mm. Perth, one of the great games. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a it was a lead up to 78, and we were laying the, laying the because the following year was our centenary year, and, and the effort that the club was putting into it, recruiting people and, and 
and uh, and building towards the team was um, that was that was where our focus focus was uh, for the '78. The '78 was a was an unusual team because half the guys never played the first half of the year. Yeah, it's true. There were a few come come in. Yeah, Philip, yeah. Phyllis Noonan, so Adamson. Yep. Yeah. So it was, yeah, so it was yeah, but um, no, look, it's it, what you you never write Norwood off. They uh, always come back, uh, great people. Um, I I Michael Michael Taylor was unfortunate that he played in the era of Barry Robin and uh, and Russell Ebert because they had they had a mortgage on the medals every year. But but Kingo was up there. He he, he was right up there with all that sort of stuff. Oh, Kingo's um, game and Kingo in eighty, it's it was far school that he didn't win the medal in eighty and he, and to Russell's yeah. credit, he made point uh one yeah. night we're doing uh, a fundraiser with him and he said, Hey, biggest pants down job I ever got in my career was the eighty grand final by Kingo. Yeah. Russell was Russell was a beautiful man. Russell love Russell. No, we got we got on pretty well. Yeah, no yeah, great things with Russ. Who, who was your toughest opponent uh, during those uh, those Halcyon years? Uh, I, I was fortunate enough I, I didn't have to play on Barry Robin, and I was fortunate enough I never had to play on Russell. So they they were just the standout players in that in that era. Um, you know, trying to compare people in different situations and different eras and different decades. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult, but all, all you do is you have, you have your favorites. And, uh, I, I think they, those two boys were just, uh, ornaments to the game, wonderful people. And they kept doing stuff and, you know, contributing to the community well after their, after they had their, uh, their, their career was over. It's, um, yeah, that's, they're, they're the sort of people that I, people that I, I respect and got, got a lot of time for. Now, it's a state game. Uh, is it correct? Is it is it footy folklore or correct? Was a state game? You sitting on the on the pine, and took extension cords with you for electric blankets. Uh, you and Malcolm Blight on the bench. Is that correct? No. What happened there was that's when they were promoting that sustagen, and right. Blighty himself stood back. We stayed back at half time, and guts all the sustagen and the pineapple. I reckon we had a pineapple each and about two tins of that sausagen. And we went out and sat on the bench with our guts full. And uh, they've come down and curled me said, Winnie, you're on. I said, no, 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 you go on. Anyway, before, anyway, Blighty finished up going on. And uh, I couldn't but not go on later on. But, uh, yeah. Okay. No, but the, the heater. No, I had a heater at uh, Football Park. Yes. Because they had a PowerPoint there. And it was, uh, they used to call it Arctic Park. And uh, in, in the in the little dugout there, so yeah, I had a heater. Heater, right? Little so heater was close. Coat. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Obviously, uh, your uh, life membership uh, to uh, um, Norwood in nineteen seventy nine, but obviously in um, two thousand and one, you're uh, named in the team of the century, and in, uh, and inducted I, into the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, look, I'm uh, very fortunate. Someone out there loves me, but you know, I, I, I don't see it as all that. But you know, it's, uh, it's yeah. Look, it's um, yeah. No, I, I don't go there. All the all the stuff, all the footy stuffs in a box in the garage. Um, 
I don't uh, I don't dwell on the past. Hey, but what are you? What are you, Let's go. Let's go back to now, Winnie. That's more your cup of tea. Hey, what are you though? West uh, Perth going top as well. Yeah, we were very fortunate there. Um, we had a um, we had a had a function with all that used to be known as the Cardinals. Yes. And uh, we had a function for all the uh, past players, all the old Cardinals, the guys who played at Leaderville. And uh, we had a function there. And I, I went as a Cardinal. <laughs> I dressed up at the uh, Cardinals outfit, the hat, the whole lot. And I had the big car. I've never had so many people kiss my ring in one day. <laughs> I actually remember you giving giving us giving me a tour of Leaderville when I was in Perth, when you were, you were coaching West Perth and you gave us a tour of the ground. Well, yeah, there's a lot of. Well, I was I was there as a kid when West Perth uh, won a grand final uh, in 1960. 60, yeah, 60. I used to go down there every night, watch them train, catch the bus down. Um, yeah, so as a kid, kid growing up, then finish up playing for them, which is uh, which is very very fortunate. That's... Oh look, Winnie, greatly appreciate. You know, your time, you're a legend of uh, the Nord Football Club, you're a legend of football more overall. Um, you know, we've obviously got to wait and see now, uh, talking about the Alzheimer's and uh, Polly with concussion, with, with studies, which Keith Thomas is actually involved working in that at the moment as well. Um, you know, with concussion, it's, it's um, probably topical. the most serious issue facing sport in general. Uh, we've just got to wait and see with with what knowledge comes out there more and more. Winnie, but great, obviously, just greatly appreciate your time. Obviously, love your time with North Footy Club. And, yep, you were my first footy hero. Greatly appreciated too, eh? All right, Malcolm. Thanks for that. Thanks, boys. Thank you, mate. Thank you for uh, right. for uh, giving us some insight today. That was absolutely fantastic. All right, well, all right gents. Thanks, Cheers. too, mate. Mate, we've just had John Wynn on, and what a fantastic interview, uh, all the way from Perth, and thank you, thank him for giving us his time tonight. Oh, he's a quality man, John, and look, he really gets it, his care and compassion, and that, you know, you obviously you hadn't spoken to him before, Pete, and yes. you probably learned a fair bit there about Absolutely. the man, and yeah, look, it's just everything, and there's never anything too hard, too much out of the way, look, I contacted uh, uh, John to let him know about Ben Jeffries playing his 100th game. Uh, as the number 28, mm-hmm. and, you know, he contacted Ben. I'll admit it was probably about quarter past half past 12 that night. We'd played West Adelaide at Richmond. Uh, ben just couldn't believe that John Winner contacted him and, you know, the thank you, thank you, capital letters uh, through a message through. The other half probably wasn't happy with the, the, the uh, noise going on at about half past 12, but yep. these things happen. They do. My biggest takeaway was that he was very passionate about the, yeah. the current generation passing on that success and that uh, that club spirit to the next generation to help them be successful as well. As I've said about... I don't think... There's not that many people who truly, truly get it. My that, That's my term. And when he does, he sees the whole picture probably as good... As anyone, yep. as I said, leadership-wise for mine, yep. he's up there with Ian Chapel. Absolutely, and he mentioned obviously Aishi Macca, Kingo. I think he certainly is in that uh, Mount Rushmore group that we keep talking about. Fantastic, great man. Liking this podcast. 
Please like, rate, and subscribe.